Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Very good and happy Saturday morning to you. New York Vinny here with another edition of Drive Time Radio. Thank you so much for coming along on this ride this uh, Saturday morning. It uh, looks like it is uh, going to be a beautiful day today. As you heard Nathan just saying the weather there, get out of the house and enjoy the beauty that is the Pacific Northwest on this Saturday morning before Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there, whether you be a traditional dad, um, uh, a dad of a non-traditional family. And, you know, I, I never liked that because what is a traditional and non-traditional family? You got a bunch of people here that love each other, do things for each other, make sure that the other one is okay. That's a family, right? Um, but, uh, you know, for the sake of uh, uh, societal constraints, happy Father's Day to everybody. And uh, we will uh, celebrate Father's Day today at the various points during our uh, little radio program. But we will focus today on a vehicle that uh, I got to drive and have spoken about over the last two weeks. Today, we'll give you the final road test review and also spend some time talking to someone from Dodge who would... um, uh, would be a crucial part of the SRT team uh, that brings that car to market. Matt McAleer of Stellantis, which used to be FCA and used to be Chrysler and used to be, um, you know, Imperial and all that, but now is Stellantis, will join us and we will spend some time uh, questioning and talking to him about the SRT, not only the SRT charger, wide body charger, Hellcat that I drove and uh, they virtually had to come and rip from my hands uh, last Thursday, Uh, but also uh, maybe what might be happening for the future and some of the other vehicles in the lineup and why there is a market, why people want a car uh, that has 797 horsepower and can do 201 miles per hour without breaking a sweat. What comes along with that? What responsibility does the uh, company feel toward putting a car like that out there? We will uh, we'll talk to Matt about that. Get some uh, get some insight. So that's what we have coming up. We have the cartoon of the week. We'll do a full road test on this spectacular vehicle, and of course, um, we'll have Nathan asking uh, the magic question as he always does. Uh, on um, uh, our Saturday morning uh, get-togethers as we uh, get ready to head into the last week of of uh, June and uh, the last day of spring. Uh, summer gets going tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow. Yes, yeah, tomorrow. Um, and uh, a quite different summer than we had last year. And it is so gratifying to come back and see car shows and cars and coffee and people hanging out at Triple X root beer and all of the things that go along with the hazy, lazy, crazy days of summer uh, here in the Northwest. You know, uh, we've been blessed this year 
with an extension of summer, well, a forward, a preamble, if you will, to summer, uh, because the weather has been so nice uh, in the month of June. And really, if you go back to the month of May, it's been spectacular, uh, really safe for a couple of days where it, uh, it, it poured. But other than that, uh, the weather has been good. We will pay a price for that because the drought situation is such that it's not going to be too long I believe until they ask you to stop washing your car, to only go to a car wash and do it and go to a car wash that uses and recycles their water and to, um, you know, uh, drink your whiskey straight without, uh, without water. If you're a Scotch or water person, uh, or at least use bottled water. So those are some of the things that, uh, I think we will be looking at <laughs> as, uh, the summer continues. I- I'm just a big fan of the summer. Um, especially when you get to a certain point in your life, you always um, look at it as you don't know if it's your last summer. I hate to be morbid about things. It's not my style, but, uh, you know, there comes a point in your life when, you know, you, you, you start to appreciate summer more. And especially with the summer we had last summer, where you didn't have, um, you know, your usual summer activities that you could do. Uh, Luckily, I was able to do some of the things that I like to do in summer. It kind of really was a drag uh, because we, um, we couldn't, you know, it was my first summer back here in the Northwest and I so looked forward to coming back and enjoying all the things that we get in our two months of summer uh up here but uh you know you play the hand you dealt as i was telling a good friend of mine yesterday that's what you do you uh you're handed the cards and you you play them and uh, you see what happens so we uh we did the show and here we are now ripping through the streets in spectacular vehicles which is uh you know all in all i don't have much to complain about in, in my life when it comes to these incredible cars that I get to drive. And every once in a while you drive one that stands head and shoulders above anything else you've driven that year. And at the end of the year, we come up with a top 10 list or actually top five cars that I did not want to give back. And it's no secret uh, that the Charger wide body uh, will be on that list. It is just a spectacular machine. We'll get into that more with uh, Mac- McAleer here coming up in just a couple of minutes as we go through, um, you know, uh, um, the attributes and a couple of negatives. I mean, everything isn't perfect on the car. It's not uh, the perfect machine, but it comes close, my friends. It comes very close. And when you get a chance to drive one off-road, uh, and I don't mean up in the hills, but just not on a public highway at an airport uh, where you can uh, drive the car onto a runway. And if no planes are coming, which is always a good thing to check for, if you're going to drive a car onto a runway, uh, always make sure that there's no planes coming because uh, those videos that you see on YouTube of cars and planes landing on top of them are not fake videos. It happens. So a um, couple of things, though, to cover. Uh, this week, if you are a Toyota fan, a Toyota uh, leaked 
and I always take these leaks with a, you know, kind of a, a wink, wink, nod, nod, but they leaked uh, the new uh, pictures of the new 2022 Tundra. And it is clear from these pictures that Toyota is gone head to head with uh, GM and Ford. They feel that the Tundra uh, will stack up, stand up, uh, butt noses, butt butts, and everything else with um, anything that uh, America puts out in its factories. And I should include Ram in that too. And they have, though, stylized the new Tundra to take a look at, uh, to, uh, um, to really look like the Ford and the Chevy, even to the point of taking the Toyota, the time-honored Toyota emblem that has so much meaning in uh, the automotive world, but taking that emblem and uh, replacing it with the words Toyota, which I found to be, um, for Toyota, a huge move. I mean, you're talking now about something uh, you know, the the car companies that do not, in Japan, do not take changing their logos lightly because they mean something. For Toyota, uh, that T inside of the oval and, and the two circles have a, a, a huge meaning for this company. And for them not to have, you know, not to have that displayed on the front of the vehicle, and just have the words Toyota across the, the grill work uh, of this vehicle is, is probably uh, a, as much of a thought out decision for this vehicle as, uh, you know, do we offer a V8, a V6, an inline six? Uh, I mean, it really, you know, it, it, it just has that kind of carries that kind of weight in the automotive uh, um, world in Japan. And it's, uh, so it's interesting to see that. And yes, the emblem doesn't make the entire car. We know that. But it, it shows you the seriousness in which they take this thing. And seriousness in which they take this truck. Uh, Toyota takes this truck, this Tundra, as well as uh, the Tacoma, uh, very seriously. Uh, the one cool thing I saw in uh, the Toyota that I'm not sure, in the Tundra, I'm not sure if I like it yet or I don't like it, but get ready for the light bar. For those of you who drive down uh, a country road at night and see this wall of light coming at you, and it blinds you in the mirror, and yet, or something coming the opposite way and it blinds you, and when you get next to it, you see that it's a large truck, uh, you know, a pickup truck uh, that the person has mounted several different types of lights on the front so that they can see uh, clear into the next county. Be advised that that's going to get worse. Uh, Toyota's going to include a light bar in the middle. I don't know if it's on all the trim levels yet. I haven't seen that. But in a couple of the trim levels I saw for the Toyota Tundra, the light bar is there. So now you have the two uh, Chagunda headlights that can, you know, see through, uh, you know, through the time barrier. They can see into 2029. 
And now you have the light bar that goes across the bottom of the grill. Two other light bars down there that go across the corners of the grill. And all together, when that thing is turned on, it's going to be like Klieg lights coming at, you know, the lights they use in television to light the set. And so beware. And I think, I hope that at some point, you know, people start to try to figure out um, and, and think about people who don't have those lights on how much, I mean, I know they're great for off-road, everything like that. But boy, you're coming down the highway at night and some clown has his brights on or they're riding your bumper and they have their brights on. It blinds you. And I hope automakers think about that when they put these systems in, how much it will, uh, it will blind people and, uh, you know, keep people, uh, uh, you know, create a dangerous situation for people driving down the highway both ways, if they're behind you or they're coming this way. I know there's some states that have federal laws that regulate that, but I don't know that Washington is one of them. They usually are laws that uh, exist in states that have a yearly or semi-yearly uh, state inspection, safety inspection, so that they can look not only at your smog, but it's the condition of things like your brakes and your, uh, uh, you know, your, your steering gear and all of that kind of stuff uh, that ensures or at least tries to ensure now uh, that the car that you drive out onto the road is a safe one. So that Tundra should be coming to the Toyota um, rooms, showrooms by August, September, We'll keep you posted on it because it's a very popular truck. You see a lot of them around Western Washington, and it's a truck that um, is getting a little long in the tooth. I've driven one, uh, you know, earlier this year. We did a review on it, and uh, the main complaint was it was like stepping into a bit of a time warp, which in some ways is good. But this Toyota promises to be bigger, more luxurious, have bigger lights, and uh, more power from not a V8 engine, I think it's the 5.7 liter V8 that they use in that, in that truck, uh, but rumors are, reports are, uh, the insiders say uh, that the uh, Tundra is going to be powered by a turbocharged V6 engine uh, that will give you better gas mileage, more power from less engine. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, well, as I said, we'll keep you updated as we find uh, more, out, more out about it. Uh, the only other quick item I have for you before we get to uh, Matt McAleer of uh, Stellantis and the uh, SRT, Dodge SRT team, is that uh, we were supposed to talk about the JD Power Survey, uh, which was supposed to be released uh, this week. But unfortunately, uh, JD Power, and I, listen, I give a lot of credit for this, found a quirk in how they measured owner responses through, I guess, an independent company that they use uh, to gather this information. They didn't like it and they came out and they said, hang on, we're gonna go back and do this again so that we get it right. And you know, in America, 
that's becoming more and more of a rare thing is saying, hey, I was wrong. We didn't have this right. We're going to go back and get it right. So props to J.D. Power uh, and associates about that uh, so that they can give you, and, and not just you, but so much information that people use when they look at car brands, buy car brands, advertise car and truck brands. J.D. Power is one of the most trusted names in uh, automotive. And, uh, and for my money, it became a little more trusted this week. Uh, when they uh, told the truth and said, we don't like what we have here. It doesn't seem right. We found a flaw in what we were doing. And so we're going to go back and, uh, and do it again. And we'll wait a few months to release our information until we get it, uh, what we feel is right. Kudos to them for doing that. All right. Yo, Vinny, coming up uh, in, a, in, in a little bit. We got the cartoon. When we come back, we uh, spend some time talking to Matt McAleer of SRT, of the SRT team at Dodge about this uh, spectacular vehicle uh, that I was able to uh, spend actually a little more than a week, and it gave me an extra day in the Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat wide body big car, a car that you can take the family to the grocery store in doing 203 miles an hour. What more uh, fathers of the world and mothers of the world for that matter do you need than that? This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. We will be right back. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery, double check the battery cables, check your oil, double check the fan belt, check your radiator, double check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big, bright Texaco star. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150. And hey, welcome back to Drive Time Radio, New York. Vinny hanging out with you. It's a Saturday morning, and we get a chance to spend some time with a gentleman from now Stellantis, but I'm going to still call it Dodge uh, because, you know, I was around when the Dodge boys used to sell cars back in the uh, 60s and the 70s. Matt McAleer is with us. He is from the SRT team. And you know that last week and this week, I have just been singing the praises of uh, the, let me see if I get this all right now, the Dodge Charger um, uh, uh, a Hellcat wide body SRT. Did I get it all in there? I think you got it all in there. I, I don't know about the order, but I get a big stuff half the time myself. Okay. Well, then we're, we're cool. We got it in there. It's America's fastest production car. It is, um, I, you know, it's a dream to drive. I mean, to drive something like this is probably as close as anybody is going to get to, uh, to driving a NASCAR 
vehicle uh, out in the street. And again, we don't advise that you take it out in the street and do the top speed of 203 miles an hour. That's only going to get you arrested and not uh, not invited to the next big block party barbecue. But if you have a place to take it, to drive it like a track or uh, some, some land that's off the road and like that, it's a fantastic car to experience. Matt, let, let's start with the first question, the one that people ask me most, why build a car like this? You know, and, and I, it's funny when you opened up there, Vinny, I remember back when I was growing up, I actually had one of those jackets that said, Dodge Boys have more fun back in the 80s. And I think that uh, you know, alludes right to it. It's all about uh, having fun and putting smiles on people's faces. And you know, quite frankly, every one of these comes with the uh, ability for the owner to go to a, a training course at the, um, the Radford Racing School outside of uh, Scottsdale and, and Phoenix, Arizona. So they can learn how to handle the power properly but it's not you know it's always not about top speed just because it is the fastest production sedan in the world and you know you can take your friends and your family out and have a good time it's it's about uh doing stuff that other people don't standing out not trying to be everything to everybody and you know at dodge we're not trying to build cars for the masses we're trying to build cars for the people that truly want to join the brotherhood and uh love their cars as much as we do well, just in the fact that you want to build cars uh, these days says something because so many American manufacturers are backing away from cars. They're saying, you know what, maybe we're going to have one car or two cars in our showroom, but, you know, trucks is where it's at. And we're going to build a $90,000, $100,000, $150,000 trucks for people. This is a car that, uh, uh, number one, is a car, but number two uh, will do just about anything you wanted to when it comes to speed, but also comfort as well. I mean, this is a comfortable car to drive. It absolutely is. And it gives you the full capability. I mean, a four-door sedan, you can fold down the, the rear seats and take plenty of luggage and stuff with you. But this is a unique car that transcends so many demographics. I mean, if you think about it, how many vehicles, and I don't think there's any to tell you the truth, are just as, as at home uh, in the police force as Charger is, just as at home uh, in a rental car agency with a V6, all-wheel drive capability with over 300 horsepower in the north, uh, you know, 485 horsepower scat packs, 700 horsepower Hellcats, nearly 800 horsepower SRT Hellcat Red Eyes. We cross shop everything from uh, Nissan Maximas to Corvettes. And that is, I mean, it is such an exciting car to be a part of because it's unlike anything else. When your team approaches building this car, okay, I'm sure four or five years ago, the SR team got together and said, okay, what can we do to improve on a, an already very popular car, a car that you see in police forces, a car that you see that enthusiasts drive, as you said, a car that, that many people that buy many, uh, many types of cars shop. Um, what, what thinking goes into this? Are you thinking about what's a young guy going to buy? What's a millennial going to buy? What's a, an older guy like me going to buy? What, where does that, how, how does that meeting go? Take me in that meeting a little bit. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why we spend so much time and effort on these vehicles is that most people, if you asked them off the cuff, they'd say that, you know, this is all about uh, the greatest generation and the baby boomers that are out reliving their childhood. And that is absolutely not the case with Charger. I mean, over 60% of our buyers are millennial and Gen Xers. These are people that, you know, they have uh, uh, car seats, they have friends, they have families. 
they don't want to give up the fun and the personality and standing out on the bold colors, being able to go somewhere and do something with a car, but still have the power and the performance to put a smile on their face. And every time they start the car, I know when I start one, especially on a cold morning in the garage, there is nothing cooler than listen to that thing turn itself on. It really does. Um, you know, you mentioned something that, that I experienced down here the other morning when I was uh, starting it up is, is, you know, you started up eight o'clock in the morning and people are going to work and all of a sudden you see them kind of stepping on their brake and rolling down their window and kind of checking it out for a minute. Not just the older guys, but women, children on their way to school, you know, whatever, whoever's out there, it creates that kind of, um, I don't know, that kind of feeling about it that, that you, usually you get only get in a Corvette or a, a Ford GT or, you know, that type of car that's such a recognizable car. This car maybe is more recognizable by, you know, no big wing on the back. Uh, it's recognizable uh, and, and uh, uh, accessible so much by just the sound it makes. It is, and, and not many cars that have that ability are able to be a daily driver and do everything you need it to do just as much as going on spring break uh, road trips to going to the grocery store every morning. And this car truly gives you all that. And I, I don't, how many other four-door sedans on the road do you see with dual racing stripes going from uh, tip to tail? Not yeah. any. I mean, you can personalize these things, make them stand out the way you want to be seen and recognized and, and looked at in, in a crowd. And that's what's so much fun with them. Uh, Matt McAleer from uh, Stellantis, uh, the SRT team, is joining us here on Drive Time Radio. We're talking about uh, the Dodge Charger. We'll have a full review of the car coming up uh, in our uh, road test segment of the show a little bit later, as well as our cartoon. Is this car, I hate to say this, I feel even strange saying it, but is this car the last gasp for the internal combustion engine for cars as we know it, uh, or are we going to see future generations of this car with even more horsepower, more handling ability, more braking power? You know, I would love to give you all the details. Claire would probably, uh, you know, cut me off as soon as she could from our PR team. We're not allowed to talk about future product, but I can tell you that, you know, we are, um, Dodge as a brand is evolving. The, the industry is evolving. We're in a, uh, a snapshot in time of a complete and total, uh, depends on how you word it, an evolution or a revolution. Um, there is a lot of change coming in the future, but we're going to have a lot of fun um, with these cars while we can. Uh, and there, you know, we always have a few tricks up our sleeves. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a few more uh, things coming out to keep our customers satisfied and, and wanting more. And, and that's what uh, our engineering team loves to do. That's what our product development team loves to do. And it's what I love talking about. It's always interesting to me too, to see that you've taken, you know, it's interesting in that you, you combine a car that has the same, has had the same basic body style for, I don't know how many years. And yet you seem to be able to find ways to keep improving on that particular body style. It's almost like that European philosophy of the Volkswagen where, you know, the same body style has served it well for generations and you just improve maybe the things that you can't see uh, much more than the things that you can. Well, and that's what we did with the Red Eye on the Hellcat. We went back to the, the 18 Challenger Demon, the limited production you know, drag race model, and we pulled a lot of that technology. And the engineers, you know, if you look at the, the regular Charger Hellcat, and, and some of my friends on the engineering team, they like to say, you know, spinning isn't winning. So they went back and they added three and a half inches on the, the wide body so they could put 305s 
uh, back there. Get more rubber to the ground, control the vehicle, over 25 upgrades in the Hellcat engine alone for the extra power to go from just over 700 to nearly 800. So those are the type of things that, you know, once you have them in the arsenal, we went through the development with Demon, we utilized them, they were production ready, uh, you know, they're, they're warranted for the customer to go out and, and use this stuff. Those are the type of things we can bring them and mix them between Charger and Challenger and continue to give customers something new and fresh to, to drive. Will, will SRT survive all the changes that going on that's going on in your company? I mean, nobody can tell the future, obviously, but but will this this kind of sub brand, this this these these three letters that have come to really mean performance in the automotive world, uh, will that survive the changes that are going on in your company? Absolutely. I, you know, Dodge and SRT have a bright future um, within Stellantis. Um, I'm excited to be a part of it. We uh, are actively working on the future product. We are not going anywhere. We're going to continue to uh, uh, build products and, and service products for our customers. So it's a great time right now for the Dodge brand and uh, a lot of fun things are happening in the future. Can you go buy one of these at the dealer? Is there a waiting list? What's going on if if, uh, if my guy, not my neighbor, who who stood there looking at the car for probably about a half hour and he was drooling as he was looking at it, and I know he's got a good job, a tech job, and everything like that. Can he just go down to the dealer now and buy one of these? Is there a waiting list? What's the story with that? You know, he can absolutely find one out there. Um, you know, we have over two thousand, nearly twenty four hundred dealers around the country. Not all of them stock these vehicles. They're very specified. And when you start getting into this realm, a lot of people like to order these them, themselves, pick their color, pick their uh, seat color, pick their stripes, pick their wheels, just because they are so customizable. So you can uh, absolutely find them in dealer stock throughout the country, but uh, we'll be happy to take your order. And you know, we try and prioritize sold orders and get them to customers as fast as they can, which is always, uh, you know, I talk with customers all the time that uh, via email, that just uh, are can't wait to get it and are excited and, and nothing more important. Some of them are trading in their regular Hellcats they've had for a couple of years and have their uh, Hellcat Red Eye on order. Trading in those Vipers at all or still hanging on to the Viper? You know, surprisingly, I've talked to a few that have uh, 10 to 15 Vipers in their arsenal and they, uh, they've they been ordering their Hellcat Red Eye and then they're coming back and ordering their Durango Hellcat. So a lot of these uh, enthusiasts continue to put them in their garage and I can't believe uh, the the number of garage spaces some of these uh, loyal customers have. All right, Matt, a final question for you. Uh, you've lived a long life. You, you've done great things in your life. You've helped humanity. You've helped drivers. You've been kind to animals and kids. You've helped old ladies cross the street. You've done everything right. So you, you, you pass away and you get to the gates of heaven and that's St. Peter. And St. Peter, the first question, he looks at you and he says, Matt, uh, a Hellcat Durango, uh, the SRT Hellcat, well, uh, Hel uh, Hellcat with the uh, the two keys, um, uh, the Pacifica minivan SRT with the Hellcat option, which was only available in heaven. Uh, <laughs> which is the you have you pick this car and you have to drive it now for eternity. This is your car for the rest of the uh, rest of days until everything blows up. Which one you picking? I'm going with the Durango so I can put the boat behind it and uh, get to the lake quicker. <laughs> I haven't driven that one yet. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to get into that one. That's a good choice, though, because uh, you can put the kids in back and strap them in there and 
take off and they'll be comfortable. Nothing like a uh, an 800 or less power car with, with video screens in the back of it, right? You can't go wrong. <laughs> hey, man, it's good to catch up with you, man. Good to talk to you. Good to see that you're doing okay. Uh, thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes uh, with us, man. I really appreciate it. Great car. Great week in the car. And if it's sitting idle, another week out here in Seattle somewhere, and you want somebody to keep it warm for you, start it up every morning, please call me. I'd be happy to do it. Thanks so much for having me. Good seeing you again, Vinny, and talking. All right. Same here, man. Take care of yourself. That's you uh, Matt McAleary from the SRT team at Dodge at Stellantis. Uh, as I said, you followed me on social media this week with this car. It's been a fantastic week with this car from Bellingham all the way down and out and everything else. Nothing but fun with this car. Probably the best $86,000, $87,000 you'll ever put in your driveway. Stick around. We've got the uh, Saturday morning cartoon coming up for you. Then we get into the full review all here on Drive Time Radio. Don't you go anywhere, 1150 KKNW. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Pull your seat belt snug. Give an extra tug. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Show the world you care by the belt you wear. The National Safety Council says seat belts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with you on Drive Time Radio. Back with you live. Thanks a lot to Matt McAleer for joining us. We recorded that interview yesterday. It's hard, You know, sometimes it's hard to get people to get up on uh, Saturday morning and come on the show. So we record some interviews early. And, uh, you know, because we want to get you the information. And Matt, uh, Interesting guy. He's moved across different platforms at Chrysler, Stellantis, uh, FCA. And uh, so has an intimate knowledge of all of these uh, different cars and, excuse me, um, gets now the fun job of working at SRT. You can only imagine if you're a car person sitting in a room with people who are thinking, how do I get 10 more horsepower? out of this engine, <clears throat> excuse me. How do I get you know more out of the same thing, the same piece of aluminum and steel and working parts that I have uh, to make it go a little bit faster, stop a little bit better. You know, we didn't talk much about how this car stops. And it is, uh, was a fantastic experience, not only to drive this car and make it go, as fast as you could make it go. But it was also a great experience to see how this car stopped. And more than one question uh, from people on Facebook and on Twitter and so on and so forth about, okay, it can go fast, but how does it stop? And the discs in this car, the, uh, the, the rotors and the calipers, uh, especially the rotors, uh, which shocked me, were 14 inches and i mean the rims 
and tires on the 68 Roadrunner that I bought back in 1973 or 14 inches. So these days, the brakes, and those cars had horrible brakes, horrible suspensions. I had torsion bars with shock absorbers and drum brakes. I mean, you could get that car to go fast, but as far as stopping it, uh, the, you know, the big thing back then was putting uh, metallic brake shoes in so that they wouldn't crack apart under the heat. Well, uh, I ain't going to tell you anything yet that you don't know, but metallic brake shoes, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until disc brakes came along and were installed on these cars that you had a prayer of stopping one in any reasonable amount of time. And most people at some point scoured the junkyards for, you know, disc brakes that came like on a Chrysler Imperial or something like that, or uh, a police car, which tended to have bigger brakes, discs in the front, drums in the rear, and took those parts and put them on their road runners or on their GTXs or on their Barracudas, uh, figured a way to get them to fit. And I thought it was always a really, you know, really cool thing to, uh, because uh, again, these cars that they built, uh, and everybody loves seeing that 68 Roadrunner going down the street with the shine and the little beep beep horn and everything like that. But those cars didn't stop for anything. And more people got hurt in those cars uh, when inexperienced drivers would get behind the wheel, hit the uh, brake, and it just would look at you and laugh. It wouldn't. It wouldn't stop. It wasn't. It wasn't going to stop uh, in the space that you needed it to stop. It would eventually get there, but it certainly wasn't in the space that you needed it uh, to stop. So um, that's. Uh, Another thing about the old versus the new, and I know the people are in love. Listen, I'm in love with old cars. Uh, you know, I've had enough of them, uh, classic cars, and we'll, uh, you know, eventually get into another one here someplace along the line. They know what they're about. But the great thing about the cars that they are building today is they are engineered not only to go fast, but to stop the corner, the handle, uh, to uh, be able to even so much as select the drive mode that you need. And, and the Charger was a great example of that. Is you could put that thing in track mode, it knocks off the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the systems that are used to stabilize the car. We take it out on the road, you put that, put it back in the sport mode. And it stiffens the suspension. It uh, uh, you know works on the different systems. It puts a different set of commands in the car, so that it's safer to drive, handles better, brakes better, steers better uh, than it would normally on the track, where you're basically concerned with going a quarter of a mile that way, <laughs> and that's it. And you have enough room to stop at the end of that quarter mile where there's nobody standing there. That's why in New York, the Connecting Highway was always such a great venue for street racing because it was sunk in below the street. And you could, you know, if God forbid something happened where you couldn't stop, your car didn't plow into a crowd of people 
as we see so often today, your car hit the wall at the connected. And the tow truck came down, picked you up, pulled you out of there. If you had, you know, if you were hurt, obviously then the police would get involved. But many times cars hit that wall and were able to drive off uh, that that place where, which I loved, pretty much for the fact that you were standing again up above the action, and there was no fear that a car was going to, um, at least on the on the uh, quarter mile part go crazy and hurt somebody. It's not to say they didn't do it in the parking lot of some idiot trying to show you how fast this car could go on the service road, but that's another story for another day. All right, time now for, as we continue to pay tribute to this uh, spectacular car, uh, one of my favorite segments, uh, the Saturday morning cartoon. We find a car uh, tune, a, a piece of music that is written about by four uh, cars or the automotive lifestyle, the uh, lifestyle that, um, you know, started really in Southern California, but spread across the nation in so many different ways and now really manifests itself in some great cars coming out of Detroit and some great cars being built all over the place and all the attendant car clubs and, and lifestyle that goes along with having these great cars, whether they are old or they are new. We did something a little unusual this week in that, um, and, and it shows you how sometimes commercials stick in your head. This will be a short cartoon because it is a radio commercial that is sung. Um, I believe that this is sung by Mitch Miller, it's the Mitch Miller Singers, uh, but it's about Dodge. And we mentioned with Matt McAleer, the Dodge Boys, and... Um, this was uh, the 1969 ad campaign uh, as it was heard on radio for the Dodge Boys. How you like that? Very military. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, going back and again, considering the times, uh, 68, 69, uh, that it was in, the nation was at war and uh, military stuff was... Um, in uh, many uh, veterans coming back with, uh, you know, decent bonuses and paychecks and stuff. And the uh, Dodge Boys, <clears throat> the Chrysler Motor Company at the time, were marketing to uh, this new generation of <clears throat> people who uh, were coming back with some cash in their pockets and uh, the ability to go out and spend some money, uh, you know, big $2,900 on a roadrunner. Uh, that had a Hemi engine in it and a four-speed transmission with a pistol grip. And uh, they hit on this theme that uh, stuck in my head all these years. And I was glad to be able to find it. So that is today's um, Saturday morning cartoon because cars and music, as we see time and time again, and at least every week at this time, go together so well. All right, Nathan, it is time. Uh, Nathan, how are you this morning? By Good the way? morning, Vinny. Doing well. Got to go to good, a Mariners good. game and got another one lined up for next week. There you go, man. Now, uh, unfortunately, from what I understand, the Mariners couldn't close the deal on this game. Not on the Wednesday when I went to. Nope. I picked the wrong right. one to go to. But at least I picked the good well, one in terms of running into people I know and chatting and have a good time and really enjoying the, what the ballpark has to offer. That's why they play 82 of them, though, at home, Nathan. So this way, or 81 of them at home, excuse me. 
and uh, uh, so that you have an opportunity to go three or four times and um you know experience uh, maybe a, a couple of wins to make up for that loss uh, later in the year how did um how was the ballpark experience for you was it uh i, I mean uh, i know that they're wrapping up food and there's uh, you know a lot of things that are different but was it okay to uh you know could you walk around could you uh enjoy uh not only the game but the ambiance of the ballpark for the most part, I was able to go up to Lookout Landing, and Edgar's and the Pen were open for vaccinated fans. Got to go there as well and have some fried grasshoppers. And the only thing oh, is uh, the M Mariners Hall of Fame, almost said MLB, the Mariners Hall of Fame behind home plate, it's a little bit more toned down. They It's not as interactive and just a couple few placards and lockers you get to look into. And there are some concession areas, which I used to go to a lot, which are no longer open or, I guess, temporarily closed, like the yeah. Hit It Here Cafe is not open right now. Yeah, that was gone. Um, but that, that was gone before the pandemic, though, wasn't it? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, for some reason, I remember being there a couple of years ago and not seeing the Hit It Here Cafe Stuff I'll have to ask somebody at the marriage when they actually closed that. But for some reason, I think that that was gone pre-pandemic. I, I, I could be wrong. I, I tend to mix dates up sometimes. Um, but uh, well, I'm glad you had a good time. And I'm glad, you know, again, you know, one of the great things about baseball is you have a couple more shots this year um, to uh, you know to, to to go and watch them win. And I, um, you know, you and I are going to go out to a game at some point this year. And I can almost guarantee you that they'll win when we go out. When I went to the game on Wednesday, they were playing the Twins. And my friend I went with, he's a Twins fan too. So it was basically a win-win situation. But this coming Wednesday, we're playing the Rockies. So we'll see how that goes. The Rockies have a pretty uh, losing record right now. Yeah, but as we have seen time and time again, with the marriage, <laughs> like how he just uh, beat the Rays a couple times in a row. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that works in the Mariners' favor. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. But listen, I don't know. That, listen, they're not a um, they're not an upper tier ball club right now. I think they will get there. I think they have a lot of enjoyable talent to watch on that team, and you have the extra added attraction of watching the team grow in front of your eyes, and. Um, <clears throat> You know, it'll be interesting to see how some of these uh, guys, uh, uh, you know, come along and uh, do as they get more major league experience. I, I'm excited for the Mariners. I like watching them. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, it's easy for people to goof on them and say that it's all going wrong. Uh, but I think there's uh, <clears throat> I think there's a lot there. But I'm an eternal optimist. So, you know. All right. Uh, you want to ask me a question, Nathan, uh, at all? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? <clears throat> can't believe Nathan, that you that that was the question that you uh, had in your mind all right uh, this week uh <laughs> i know that you folks are going to be kind of pitying me here uh because i had a trade in that uh in, in insanely um uh compulsive dodge srt uh wild uh, uh wild ride at hellcat and get into a 2021 AMG GLA 35 Mercedes. 
But sometimes this is the stuff that comes with the job. You have to do this kind of stuff. But yes, uh, this week I am driving the uh, GLA 35 uh Mercedes, which is, um, and it's an AMG, so it's a performance model. Uh, I think much more in name more than anything else. But uh, at 53630 bucks, this is a nice um, entry-level luxury SUV. It has, um, uh, you know, all of the uh, the AMG accoutrements that come with it, uh, 302 horsepower, uh, the eight-speed uh, automatic transmission, and really uh, the, the bells and whistles that come along with the uh, performance, the ride control sports suspension, which in this car, when you hit that sports suspension, the car responds. It almost is a different animal uh, than when you ride it down the street to the grocery store. Uh, the one I'm driving is a beautiful polar white with a red interior. And you know how different things kind of set you off when you're driving a car uh, in a good direction or a bad direction. This car has red seatbelts. And I really kind of like the red seatbelts. I think they're kind of groovy. It's different. It's not your regular black seatbelt. I know it's a small thing. You say, Vinny, what the hell are you looking at seatbelts for? Put it on, shut up, and drive the car. But again, I always love that, uh, you know, there's just something different. The upholstery in this car, the Mercedes, is comfortable. Uh, the screen uh, that's up there has all of the stuff on it is wide, easy, read, easily readable, and um, does a lot to, uh, to enhance the driver experience in this car. So I um, haven't driven it all that much yesterday. Took it for a ride up to Muckleteo and back at a picnic point out there. Uh, and uh, as my friend uh, Bill Kizarba, who was driving with me, pointed out, it felt like driving a Mercedes and pulling up next to the lighthouse like we were both um, uh, on Cape Cod more than it did uh, uh, that we were in Muckleteo. So it was kind of cool to have that experience in that car. So we'll have a full report on that car coming up. But so far, I'm really enjoying the car. It's a great riding car, great handling car. It's what you would expect out of a Mercedes. And at a price point that when you take a look at the Mercedes and you look at the RAV4 uh, Prime, you're not that far away from each other. You know, I mean, I mean uh, the RAV4 Prime, uh, which is the hybrid, is going to go, uh, you know, in the uh, $49,000, uh, $48,000 range. This is the sticker price of $53,630. So it, it begs you the question, what would you rather drive, the RAV4 uh, or the Mercedes? And that's uh, that gets into your personal preference. So great car. And we'll have the full road test for it next week. Coming on, uh, talking about full road test, we'll hit the drive time radio road test, talk to you more about uh, the Dodge Charger wide body SRT Hellcat, two keys, no waiting. The drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, nothing ugly about this car. Listen, we've talked about this car now for three weeks. And for me to talk about a car for three weeks in a row in some shape, manner, or form is, uh, I think, a, uh, a tribute to 
that car. This is the ultimate Father's Day present if your dad is an automotive enthusiast. Whether you're a Chevy fan, a Ford fan, a Dodge fan, whatever kind of car you're a fan of, when you get behind the wheel of the 2021, uh, uh, 22 actually, Dodge Charger, SRT, Hellcat, Red Eye, Wide Body, um, as you are getting behind uh, the wheel of America's and the world's fastest production car. It is uh, an incredible experience. A, driving it and pushing 800 horsepower, 797 horsepower down the street. Uh, but also when you're not going 200 miles an hour down the street, which you are not going to be, there's something psychological about having that kind of power in the car, that kind of ability to know that the car that you're driving is the quickest car out there. And I say that because if you pull up at, uh, let's say, a Triple X Root Beer or a Dick's Burgers, and uh, you pull into the parking lot, people gather around the car. They want you to open up the hood. Uh, they want to look at, there's still a mystique about this kind of car uh, that uh, I was going to say that money can't buy, but for $86,000, 87,000 bucks, you can put that mystique in this, in your driveway and drive this car around. As far as driving dynamics, it's fast in a straight line. It holds the road well at uh, what you would consider a normal highway speed of 80, 90 miles an hour. Um, it uh, it stops on a dime, the braking job, the engineering job, uh, the um, adjustable suspension gives you the feel of what you need it for. Uh, my criteria in reviewing cars is always, does the car do what it was designed to do? And Dodge Charger Widebody does exactly what it was designed to do. It goes fast, it stops properly, it handles well, it gives you a feeling of spaciousness and comfort in a sports sedan, and it does it at a reasonable price for that type of vehicle. And I don't think you can say much more about a vehicle that it does exactly what it was built to do and does it uh, in a jaw-dropping uh, fashion. This, my friend, this Dodge Charger Hellcat SRT Widebody is the best, uh, among the best, along with the Corvette that America has to offer. It's a spectacular car, even though it's made in Canada. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8. Have a very, very, very happy Father's Day uh, to all of the dads out there and the people who are dads.